Hi, welcome to the NCC More podcast. My name is Jared, and this is Pastor Destiny. And, and here at the NCC More podcast, we, we just try to continue the conversation that we started on Sunday. And, and Pastor Destiny, you preached an amazing message uh, last Sunday based off of the yeah. chapter uh, that in the book that we're reading, uh, More Than Pants. Yes, yes. We, we are reading this awesome book this summer as mm-hmm. NCC um, Friend of Sinners by Rich Wilkerson Jr., who's my brother-in-law. And I'm telling you that this is such an incredible book. I can already see the impact that it's making on our community and on our culture. So I'm really excited about it. If you haven't read it, you really should read it. I mean, yeah. you read it last it, year when it came out, right? I did, I did, yeah. And I'm on, I'm on my second round You're right now. Round. And it's, it's just as good as the first time. Well, that's and good so, to hear. And you don't want to be left out either. No. You want to be involved in the conversation. So yeah. pick up a copy. We're sold out right now. We should have some by this coming Sunday. Uh, but you can also get them on Amazon as well. But uh, Pastor Destiny, I want I want to talk just a, a little bit more about you know, the message that you spoke on on Sunday, um, based out of the same scripture uh, that we had in chapter two, and uh, I wanted to first talk about you opened up and you talked you got a little vulnerable and you talked about your own journey and about uh, not uh, about uh, what you do whenever you feel when God has given up on you, yeah. and I just want to talk about that. What do you do personally? Right. Or what do you uh, encourage some people to do when they feel like God has given up on you? Of course, we know that God never no, gives up on us. No. But what do we do to get over that feeling and to actually get into a place of believing that God hasn't given up on us? Well, I think first we have to look at our overall philosophy behind this, right? Is that um, we think that that is something that is unique to us that that struggle of feeling like God has given up on you is unique to us. Mm. And that's one of the things that it really really gives it power is because we go, oh, well, I can believe that for you. I can believe that for this person over there. But but it's different. You just, you don't know me. Wow. You don't know me. And, and especially in a church context, we can walk into church and we can feel like we're the only one who has felt that way that week. We can feel like we're the only one who, when they pray, has the thought of God's really disappointed in you. He doesn't want to hear from you. Mm -hmm. You're not worth it. All of these different things. And as long as we think that we are alone and we are isolated and we are unique, the truth can't break into our lives. And that's really why it's important for us to be vulnerable with each other. Mm -hmm. It's important for me to stand up and say, hey, I struggle with feeling like um, I'm the only one and that I've disappointed God and that he's upset with me. But when you hear me say that, you go, oh, me too. I I feel that way as well. Mm-hmm. You know, that's also something that I struggle with. And so then I don't feel alone. Well, if it's not a lie that's unique to me, then I can know this. It's a strategy of the enemy mm-hmm. meant to destroy mm-hmm. me. Mm-hmm. So then I can approach it like what it is. It's not a truth that I'm trying to deny. It is a lie that I have to combat. Wow. Yeah. And so now I don't try to wonder if it's true or not. Mm-hmm. Because if you start fighting that battle of is this true or not, it's a losing battle. Mm-hmm. You you can't do that. You, you have to go ahead and recognize it for the lie that it is and replace it with a truth. Mm-hmm. And so that's what I do. I When I find myself looking back at the past and going, man, you know, there's things that um, I wish I had done differently. And sometimes it's not even sin. Sometimes it's not even things that are wrong. A lot of times it's just 
you know, I wish I hadn't done that business deal, or I wish I hadn't taken that job, or I wish that I had spent more time doing this, or I wish when you become a parent, which you're getting married. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. So eventually, eventually, you know, yeah. all of that. Five years um, down the road. <laughs> five. You have a plan. That's so yeah. cute. Yeah. But anyway, um, eventually, you know, when you become a parent, there's that parent guilt that comes in too. Mm-hmm. Of man, I, God gave me these incredible kids to raise, and I blew it. You know, I yelled at them last night when I wasn't supposed to, or or I didn't discipline them as not much as I could, or they're struggling in their life because of me. Mm-hmm. And you start to put all of that on yourself. You can't you can't go back and fix anything in the past, but you can move forward with strength, mm-hmm. right? Right. And so what I do is I, I begin to say I I do not give myself permission to relive my mistakes. I learn the lesson and I move on. So I don't have permission to go back and say I should have. Mm -hmm. Instead, I try to reorient to what do I want to do next, right? Mm -hmm. So what do I want to do next? So that's one of the things I do. Um, The other thing that I do is I begin to speak God's truth over my life, even if I don't believe it. And so I'll use my name like it's a third person thing. This is is totally me. Then I'll go, um, God has a plan for destiny. And he has a future for destiny. And he has something great for destiny. He hasn't given up on destiny. And sometimes it's easier for me to receive it that way. Mm. But ultimately, you just have to choose that it's God's truth over your truth. Mm -hmm. And then begin to live that out regardless of your feelings. And that's where people get messed up is that their feelings continue to lie to them even after their mouth has told them what to believe. Mm -hmm. And they continue to act according to their feelings instead of acting according to God's truth. Mm -hmm. Your feelings have a lag time. Right. And they don't catch up to your decision and sometimes until years later. Mm-hmm. So you just have to continue to move forward and, and then encourage yourself in that because the, the thing that'll get me is why are you still struggling with this? Why are you still having to fight for this? But I'm still acting as though I don't have this fight. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Yes, absolutely. And, and we have a we have a uh, a thing about our culture here at North Point is we we don't feel ourselves into an action. We act our way into a feeling. I've yes. heard you and Pastor Philip say that from the stage multiple times. Yes. And uh, but what what would you say to someone who's in that who's you know someone who's maybe new to following Jesus or curious about following Jesus who says, well, if I just speak God's word over myself, but I don't really feel it, I, I feel like I'm faking it. Right. How, how, would, how would you respond to it? I would say words matter. Mm-hmm. And the reason we know words matter is because we remember the words people say over us. Mm, that's so good. You know? Yeah, yeah. And the truth is, is that our words to ourselves matter probably more than anybody else's do. Mm. Because when you cuss yourself out in the shower, okay? Yeah. And, and, and that's real, uh-huh. right? Um, when you are driving in your car and you're calling yourselves names, mm-hmm. when you mess up with somebody that you love and you just, oh, you're so, you know, and all of those things, you'll never get it right. You And you begin to say those things internally. There has to be a point where you interrupt that passive dialogue that's coming out of all of your habits of over the years with an intentional dialogue to replace it, mm-hmm. right? Right. Because that passive dialogue is directing your life. Mm-hmm. It just is. Yeah. So that's not even a Christian thing. You can follow Mel Robbins and she'll tell you that. You mm-hmm. can follow, you know, any one of the, the the different people who are right now speaking that. So that's not even a Christian thing. But when you add the supernatural component of speaking, not just your words, not just saying, I now choose to believe that I'm worthy, right. but to say, God says I'm worthy. Mm-hmm. And that's my truth. I'm not even depending on myself. 
God says I'm worthy. Mm-hmm. God says that I have great things ahead of me. God says that I should forget the former things and I should move forward into what he has for me next. Yeah. God says all of that. Well, it makes a difference because it starts to retrain your dialogue. Mm-hmm. But if you've been saying one thing to yourself for 18 years, don't expect your dialogue to change overnight. Mm. You're That's, still going to yeah. have to have, but you have to add an intentional dialogue to combat that passive dialogue that's just always been there. So that's really what's happening is you're replacing one way of thinking intentionally with another. So it's kind of just building new mental habits that eventually, you know, change the outcourse of our life. It is. But as Christians, we also believe that there is literal supernatural power in the words of God. Mm -hmm. So it's, yes, that you have that component of just changing your habits, but also you are choosing God's way. Right. And there is something that you can't explain in the natural that happens when we begin to choose God's way and speak his words. Mm-hmm. And something changes from the inside out. Remember, we're not talking about behavior modification. Right. We're talking about death to life. Right. We're talking about entering into a relationship with God. Mm-hmm. It's really hard to be in a relationship with somebody that you don't trust, you think doesn't like you, mm-hmm. right? right? And somebody who who you really um, you don't believe, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. So you don't trust them. You don't believe them and you don't think they like you. Well, it's going to be really hard to follow Jesus if that's the truth. Mm -hmm. But if our inner dialogue constantly says things that are against his word and we don't combat it, Mm -hmm. well, then that's what we're saying. Mm -hmm. And so we wonder why it's hard for us to go to church and we wonder why it's hard for us to read our Bibles. Who would want to read the words of somebody who doesn't like you? (laughs) Right, right. You know, um, but the truth is, is that he does. He loves you. Mm -hmm. He cares for you. He has a a plan and a purpose for your life. And so when I find myself pulling away from God, when I find myself pulling away from church, when I find myself pulling away from his words, um, what I want to do is I want to begin speaking how he feels about me because it usually is about that. That's that's so good. Does that's that make that, sense? Yes, that's powerful. That's yeah. real powerful. Um, on Sunday, we also talked about this guy um, out of Luke chapter 10. He's known as the Rich Young Ruler. Yes. We nicknamed him Rory. We did. For short, because Rich Young Ruler is a mouthful whenever you're preaching. It is. It is. So, it's just going to waste so much time. Right, right. You know, you don't want to say all that. And so we're, we're going to continue. Rory. Rory. Uh, Rory comes to Jesus and he asks this question. And the premise was that he was asking the wrong question, that he was focused on his performance rather than the person. Rather, uh, uh, what what can I do to do to get this rather than what have what are you doing what have you done to make a way for me right um and so uh, with that following around that how do we shift our focus off of performance onto the person pertaining to our relationship with god okay so this is what's really important with that is that um you still have to pay attention to your performance right 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 but it's an order thing. Mm-hmm. Okay. So I, I accept that God has completely saved me and mm-hmm. that I'm completely redeemed by him right now in this moment. I accept that he loves me. He adores me. He has plans for me. I, I accept those things. I focus on him as my ultimate goal. And that allows me to have the right perspective on my performance. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So it allows That's me to good. have the right perspective on my performance. This is what people will call mission-based decision-making. Okay. Mm-hmm. So a mission-based decision is when I have my focus on the mission and everything that I'm deciding to do is streamed through that mission. And that allows me not to freak out when a little thing goes wrong. Mm-hmm. Right? Right. Because 
I'm focused on the mission and the mission's more important. Mm -hmm. Okay, well, it's the same thing in our relationship with Jesus is if he is the most important, if his mission is most important, if the most important thing is my status with him, which by the way, has nothing to do with my behavior, Mm -hmm. right? Right. It has everything to do with his behavior. Right. So if that's the most important thing, then that's the lens through which I'm going to see all of my performance. Mm -hmm. So then I... I don't because it's it's debilitating to try to perform from a deficit, mm-hmm. but I'm not performing from a deficit. I'm performing from um, a place of strength. Mm-hmm. I'm performing from a place of I can, and my what my worth does not depend on my performance, mm-hmm. and yet my performance has value. Right. And I think that's where people get mixed up is they want to choose grit or grace. Right. They want to choose um, doing well or loving well or whatever it is, you know. Mm-hmm. And it's like, no, it's it's both, but it's an order. It's a It allows me to see my performance in the proper perspective. And remember, our performance is always closer to us in a lot of ways than our vision of God, mm-hmm. right? Because... It's just the way it is. We can see what we're doing, and we can't necessarily see an invisible God. Absolutely. But I, the way that I always think about it is um, uh, is Patch Adams, mm-hmm. you know, the famous scene in right. Patch Adams right. where um, he's getting perspective from the guy who's in the mental institution, right? Mm-hmm. And so um, this doctor is, is talking to one of the patients, and this guy goes around everywhere and says, how many fingers am I holding up? How many fingers am I holding up? And everybody says... Two, because there's two. That's real. Right. But he says, what's the right answer? And the guy explains that if you look at the problem, that you're never going to have the right answer, that you always have to look beyond the problem. And when you look beyond your fingers, of course, it turns into four. Now, that's a very kind of silly or basic um, example, but it's really the way that this works, Mm -hmm. is that when I have my eyes on Jesus, everything else that's closer to me, my performance, Um, the way people think about me, um, the words that have been spoken to me, my past, my opportunities, all the stresses, social media, all of these things, right? Yeah. They get into proper perspective. Mm -hmm. And that's why we sang on Sunday that song, um, Turn Your Eyes on Jesus. Mm -hmm. Because when you do focus on Jesus, it does make everything a little strangely dim. It's It's not that it's not important. It's that it gains its proper importance. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? It, it finds its yeah. proper place. It finds its proper place. Mm-hmm. That's yeah. so good. That's so good. Um, moving on, uh, we also talked about how uh, growing up in, uh, in, in, a, in a religious atmosphere, how that often, uh, whether intentionally or unintentionally, develops a form of pride in us. And we talked about how that can be one of the most dangerous forms of pride. Yeah. Uh, how, how, do we, how do you uproot, if you find yourself in that, place, how do you uproot that pride that religion or that environment had instilled in you? You don't give yourself permission to have an opinion mm. unless it really is something that you you need to have an opinion about. That's yeah. one of the things that I think is really unfortunate is sometimes we use our energy on having opinions on things that aren't any of our business. Mm. That's, that's the truth. That's really good. You know, and, and before you you have an opinion before you make a judgment about somebody, mm-hmm. um, ask yourself whether you need to have an opinion about that, um, whether you have permission to have an opinion about that, whether God has asked you to have an opinion about that. I I, I want to be the kind of person who, when somebody says, what do you think about so-and-so, that I'm so taken off guard that I'm like, I've never thought about what I thought of them. Mm-hmm. I mean, I love them. They're, they're valuable to God. 
you know, I'm cheering for them because they're trying their very best to, you know, do X, Y, or Z, but I haven't really thought about what I think about them because I haven't formed an opinion because my opinion doesn't matter mm-hmm. for their life. Right. They're not my spouse. I'm not, they're not my kids. They're not, you know, somebody who's working for me who I have to evaluate. Uh, I, it is the most freeing thing in the world to find out that you are not the world's evaluator. <laughs> right, right. That you're not the world's evaluator. But what happens is we trick ourselves into thinking that evaluating everyone else makes us more holy. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. that withholding our, um, that withholding our approval mm-hmm. from people is a Christian duty. Wow. Instead of what the Bible says is yeah. that loving people is a Christian duty. Mm-hmm. But we see our Christianity played out in us giving people kind of the dirty look when they do something that we don't think hits the standard. And that's not biblical. Right, right. At all. Right. The only places you find in the Bible where other believers are having any type of evaluation or judgment of other believers, okay, is when they are in the same church and one of the believers is in leadership. That's it. And can we say that that's like this many relationships? <laughs> Not many people. Right? right? And and even then, I, I'm very cautious to have any type of um, evaluation of people mm-hmm. unless they've invited me into that place in their life. Mm-hmm. You know? Right. And, and I, think that's, I think that's really key. That will help break your spirit of pride. Mm. The other thing <laughs> that I tell people all the time is if you could make perfect decisions, you would have a perfect life. You don't. Yeah. So... Why do you think that you can make perfect decisions for other people? Mm. Yeah. But isn't that the way we are? Right, right. We yeah. sit back mm-hmm. and we armchair quarterback everybody else's lives, and we procrastinate making the decisions that we know would make the difference on our own. Mm-hmm. And that's a form of pride, but it's also a form of fear. Mm. Because um, as long as I'm focused on you, I don't have to focus on how messed up I am. Right, right. And how much I need Jesus and how much I don't miss, you know, make the grade or whatever it is. Right. And so I, I think those are the things is that you really do have to intentionally humble yourself mm-hmm. and, and realize you're not betraying Jesus because you don't call out somebody on the internet. My goodness, please stop arguing with people on Facebook. No one cares. Literally right. no one cares about what you're saying. You know, so right. stop, just, just love people, mm-hmm. say nice things, be kind. Right. And, um, and then do your work. The best you can do it. I think it was you who said one time, I don't think anyone's ever gotten saved over a Facebook rant. No one has gotten saved. Right. No one has gotten saved <laughs> over a Facebook rant. And, and it's and it's so ugly. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, it's like a toddler having a complete meltdown in the middle of your computer, only they're not a toddler. Right. And so it's just, it's. I, I think that's, I think that's important. But you can unfollow people who do that. I don't know if you know that. That's true. Yeah. It's a little Facebook hack for you. Yeah. Just click that on. You don't have to unfriend them. Right. Just unfollow them. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And they'll still think everything's good. Absolutely. And everything is good. Right. You just don't want to be forced to evaluate them. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Continuing talking about Rory, um, we know that Rory was focused, the rich rich young ruler. (laughs) See? see? That's why I call it Rory. Exactly. Um, Was focused on the wrong things. Um, in the ins and outs of our normal 21st century life, uh, how how do we get distracted with the wrong things like Rory did? Oh, yeah. I, I think it's the little box that we carry around that tells us what to do. Mm. <laughs> you know, um, everything in our life is is so screens focused. Um, and I hate to hate on technology, but but to be 
really honest, I think that right now that is the biggest danger mm -hmm. to our marriages. I think it's the biggest danger to parenting. Um, distracted parenting is more dangerous than distracted driving, in my opinion, because mm -hmm. I think that it is affecting more lives and damaging more futures. Um, but wow. it's incredibly uh, in distracted leadership, too, mm -hmm. um, and distracted uh, living, because what happens is I get so focused on other people's lives that I don't... Um, that I don't focus on my own. Mm -hmm. And so that, and I, I, another thing that happens when we get distracted is we lose our train of thought. And you may not think that's important, but it is important for you to be able to process thoughts. And so when you're on social media, I don't know if you've ever noticed this, you see something that makes you think of something, but then you start scrolling and you lose your thought by mm -hmm. about two or three yep. things down. Um, so it's important. So if you, if you, if you're dealing with distraction, you need to take concrete steps to stop it. Um, there's the do not disturb function. There's, mm -hmm. um, I think Apple has like a, it's called a downtime function. I set it for almost all day when I'm going to be with my kids. Yeah. Because I at least want to set a barrier to not constantly be mm -hmm. on my phone. But I'll tell you something else that will distract you is outrage. Mm -hmm. Outrage is is very rarely a good thing. Now, there are things that are worth being outraged about. But when you find yourself outraged every day, you have to realize there are enough things to keep you outraged if right. you want to give into that. So you go, okay, well, this isn't, outrage is great to motivate us to change. But if you're outraged about 50 things, you can't be motivated to change in all 50 areas, right? Right. So I have to then be selective about my outrage. And the Bible gives us a really good outlet that for that. He says, don't be anxious about anything, but pray about everything, mm -hmm. right? Right. And so instead of becoming outraged, becoming anxious, I should immediately let that send me into prayer in that moment. Mm -hmm. I mean, I've found that even if I'm on social media and somebody sends me something or I see something and I'm like, I shouldn't have been on social media in the first place, right? And then I saw it and now I'm outraged. I'll stop in that moment and I'll begin to pray for that issue. Mm -hmm. And then when I'm done praying, we're done. Yeah. We're done. And if God has something else for me to do, then we'll do it. But but that's really how I think we get distracted is I think we get lonely, mm -hmm. we get tired, right? Yeah. We get lonely, we get tired, or we feel inadequate. Mm -hmm. And so we go after numbing behaviors. Mm -hmm. And unfortunately, those things that make our lives convenient also make it really easy to get distracted immediately. Mm -hmm. So I think that's, wow. Wow. you know, Rory lived in a world where, um, where there were distractions, but it was different. Mm -hmm. You know, you had to be in the room with a distraction. Right. Now you can, you can find the, all the distractions in the world, mm -hmm. you know, just at your fingertips. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that sometimes not all distractions are necessarily bad things. No. But they distract us from really embracing and leaning into the things that we need to. Right. Um, it's true. Yeah. It's true. So. And Philip and I talk about this a lot, that we invite people into the room that we would never invite into our living room. Mm -hmm. So, you know, you're, you're parenting your child and you find yourself getting irritated. But really what irritated you was what you just read on social media. Oh. You invited your annoying um, former co-worker who always is, you know, upset about something. You saw what they posted, even if it was just for a moment, and now it's in your head, and your kid's screaming, but you had enough patience for your child, but you didn't have enough patience for your child and that coworker. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. and, yes. and in marriage, you know, with you getting married, this is a key thing, mm -hmm. because you will find you'll be sitting on the couch one night, everything's fine, but then all of a sudden, one of your moods will change, mm. and almost inevitably, 
It'll be because somebody got an email, somebody saw something on social media, somebody saw so-and-so's doing this and they didn't tell you and all these different things. And you thought everything was great, but then you'll say, hey, can you grab me um, a glass of water? And you'll get a response that's like, whoa, where'd that come from? Well, it's because you invited somebody else to the table wow. that shouldn't be there. Mm -hmm. And um, and so it's just, it's really important that, that we understand all of those things um, as we're trying to live lives that are more than pants mm -hmm. because social media and our current culture and even the news and all of these things, they want your life to be about pants, right? That's what they want. Mm -hmm. They want to keep you so occupied that you just keep coming back for more discussions about pants. Mm -hmm. And we have to, yes, engage culture, but sometimes we have to disengage from the conversations that are meaningless mm -hmm. and bring it to a different level. Yeah. Yeah. That's so good. And, and if you don't know what she's talking about, about pants, she's not talking about literal pants. It's a, it's oh, a yeah. story out of this book. It's an amazing story. It is. And you need to get this book. Yes. Um, cause then otherwise you just, cause we're not going to tell you what the pants are. No, you but got... it's a really good, really good story. It, it is. It is. So, yeah. uh, anyway, so if you don't have the book, get, uh, get the book and then all of our groups are going through the book. And if, yes. if you're not in a group, you know, you talked about community earlier, yeah. you know, the, the whole ploy of, of the enemy, you know, with, with, uh, getting you to feel like God is forsaken you, that God's yeah. not on your side, that God's against you, that God's given up on you is yeah. based around isolation. It is. And the first thing that you mentioned combating that is getting a community. So yes. if you're not involved in a group, uh, you can go to the church center app and get involved on that and get plugged into a group. But Hey, we want you to continue in the conversation with us that we're having here on Sundays. So we want to see you here 930 or 1115 this Sunday, as we continue the conversation around friend of sinners. We'll see you this Sunday.